Hello and welcome back to the Friends of Dorothy, Emmy, Oscar, and Tony, your channel for all things theater, film, and television. I'm Alex. And I'm Cole. Can we giggle As we're talking about when we saw Zone of Interest. What? We should not be associating laughter with Zone of Interest. First Fair. Of all. No, we should only because you wanted to buy food prior and something in my gut was like, don't buy it. We don't need, we don't need like it. popcorn we, or something? Yeah. And then the minute the movie started... It's like almost that silent the whole movie. And the people behind us were just like, you could tell they were oh my trying God. to quietly. No, eat. they weren't. No, they fucking weren't. No, they weren't. I pro they were trying to be I quiet. Knew, I heard you giggle, though, because that dumb bitch that rolled her M&Ms all over the floor, <laughs> whatever the fuck it's, it was. It's funnier, too, because they all, like, I felt like a bunch of them hit the back of my feet. <laughs> my fat ass. Yeah, like, and the whole time I was thinking, like, I don't think I should get anything to nibble on during this movie. No. I'm glad I didn't. And not for the... I could eat during that movie, but it's the sound. It's just quiet. All right, let's go. Be quiet. All right. Yeah, so we saw The Zone of Interest today. So now we have officially seen basically the top 15 Oscar contenders of the year, which is hell yeah, very fitting because it's time for our Oscar predictions episode. I'm going hard. Going hard. I have been researching and spreadsheeting a lot of fucking stuff for the past two months, and it has now come to fruition, and it's time to talk about it, and it's time for you to pay attention. <laughs> but he's so funny. I know. Well, you can watch it. Watch our watch our content, and you can watch him be cute via okay. that. Okay. Um, okay. So, so, with this list, let's just pre preface this. Preface. Yes. At what Alex is the knowledge, I'm the heart, he's the brain, I'm the heart. Um, he's going to give you full facts on what he thinks based on trends, critics, how you know what I mean, the odds and all that. I'm going to give you a list based on my own personal thoughts. For some of these, because uh, we're going to start off here with best live action short uh, with these types of categories, I'm very eager to figure out how you um, decided anything. These ones? Yeah. It's so, stupid. Do why not, don't you, do not why judge don't you go? Me. Why don't you go first on these? Uh, <laughs> you took pictures of them, right? No, I didn't take a picture of these because I didn't care, but I did, oh, okay. put, I did put Anne Frank at the top. Okay. Because of it said Anne Frank, and I was like, oh, they did a documentary, a live action about Anne Frank, but then I heard your guy on TV talk about that. It. It's, yeah. it's bait. Yes. Well, hook, line, and sinker, give it to Anne Frank. Well, no, and it's so, like, up for a lot of these, because I'm tracking through Gold Derby, and, like, for categories like live action short, documentary short, and animated short. Um, oh, list them first. And some of the texts. Um, can we take turns listing? Listing what? <laughs> Naming this. Naming all of them. Oh. Um, yeah, for these we can, since there was a short list. Um, so for live action short, the full list is The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, The Anne Frank Gift Shop, The After, The Shepherd, Strange Way of Life, Red, White, and Blue, Good Boy, An Avocado Pit, Invincible, Yellow, Night of Fortune, Invisible Border, the One Note Man, Dead Cat, and Bienvenidos a Los Angeles. <laughs> it's about to be a dead about, cat. About to be a dead cat from what I can hear. So that's what, 15, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. 20? So I did, I'll be honest, I did Anne Frank, I did Red, White, and Blue, because I thought it was, was going to be like a weird twist on like, not it, like from, from the picture and the name, I assumed it was a weird twist on patriotism, <laughs> poking fun at something about America. Okay. That's fair. And I, from what I heard, that guy says that that's what it was. It's poking fun at America. It's a woman that crosses state lines. Yeah, I mean, it's not poking fun. It's a, it's a well, look it's, at how difficult life is in America. For that's poking fun at. Well, there's well, poking fun at America. What I mean by that is poking fun at the American dream. Prior in like cinema, we've glamorized the American dream. Like oh, okay. The night before the nineties and on. I think now is a new trend. I don't think a a movie that was like super patriotic would it do anything at the Oscars. That's why I assumed it was like a 
a poke fun at the American Dream movie, which yeah. which sounds like it is. Yes. Um. So who'd you pick? Yeah. So for this one, so yeah, one away from so. The hard thing too is there are some that are like kind of big name associated. So, a wonderful story of Henry Sugar is a Wes Anderson film, um, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. So like it's got it's got a lot of heat behind it. Um, that's in first in the odds right now. It hasn't performed that great prior to. It's done well enough that I have it in there because I think it will make it in. Um, the After has done pretty well. That's got David Oyelowo. Um, he's got some TV back and behind him, but another one with, like, kind of a bigger celebrity name into it. Um, so I've got The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, The After, The Shepherd, which is a Disney Plus anime, or a live-action short. Um, An Avocado Pit, which is, actually has Elliot Page uh, producing it. I hate avocados. I thought you were going to say, hey, Elliot Page, I was like, we gotta start over. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> so it's, um, I won't give too much away, but it's it's a queer story that it's based around and then um yellow which is your number one all, my number one mostly because it's at like the towards the bottom of the odds and i want to get all the points for that because this is like sweeping up awards and whatnot so it's definitely getting in there yeah like you said with gold derby one person it's like the everyone starts going off of the person before them for these categories because they haven't seen it and they don't know what to pick and so you just start getting like a rubber stamp that's so inaccurate. Like these odds are never right. So what you're um, telling me is like me basing it on the title and the picture is just as I have just good of odds as anybody else. On here, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah, 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 totally. that's what yeah. I did. Everyone uh, yeah, everyone's looking at like the Anne Frank gift shop thing, and it's gonna be some sort of like discussion about regarding the Holocaust and whatnot. And but it is it's yeah, it's a dark comedy. Uh it's like there's a there's a gift shop of Anne Frank memorabilia that's like supposed to be geared towards gen z kind of supposed to be like i think poking fun of gen z a little bit um it's got chris perfetti in it from abbott elementary i know he's in it oh um love but no it's done guard like the ratings are not good it hasn't won or been nominated for like anything again i think it's one of those things that people just put it in put it in here because yeah next um well i don't want too much time on these yes so just to recap, you locked him in. My five: Yellow, Avocado Pit, The Shepherd, The After, and The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Uh, oh, just another one to call out: Strange Way of Life. It's supposed to be like a queer story western pick, and it's got Pedro Pascal in it. Bob thinks gonna get in. Pedro. Um, all right, next up: Documentary Short. Do you want to read these fifteen that are in there? Uh, I think we should get through these. Okay, I think it's okay just to do your your guesses. Okay, so I've got Black Girls Play: The Story of Hand Games. This one just won something kind of big last week. Um, low in the odds, but I think it's up there. Um, Nine Nine Wei Pao. Um, it's a story about two grandmothers. Um, actually, like the directors in the movie, it's their two grandmothers, I believe, from what I've heard. Um, doing really well with prior awards and precursors, whatnot. Uh, last song from Kabul. The Last Repair Shop, and then the ABC's a book banning. I did ABC's a book banning only because that's a hot topic right now. So when I saw it, I was like, Yeah. Uh, last repair shop. I really want to watch this. I was like crying just reading about it because it's about like no. The last a... time you watched a short, you called my name <laughs> crying. <laughs> that was fucking the fox, the boy, the horse, and the whatever. Mole. Yeah. The mole. Oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the last repair shop. It's about like um, how music can, music education can save like. Uh, my God, he doesn't. Our, our big cat is trying to fit in the smallest box in the house right now. Um, <laughs> 
You can't. Ooh. It's a discussion about how music education can really help underprivileged communities. Um, it is a place that, like, I think fixes instruments for kids in those communities. Um, so, yeah. I think these are the five. Next. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Because um, we're about to talk some shit when we get yeah. to the big category. So, last of the shorts, animated short. Um, so, I've got 27, 95 Senses, Eva, Letter to a Pig, and Once Upon a Studio. I put 95 Senses because the picture looked cool. Um, it's supposed to be like a sensory fuck overload. Ugh, I love it. Um, like like Spider-Man? Uh, yeah, I think like even more so, though. That's great. So, I do want to check that out. Um, the one I would say... So, Once Upon a Studio is that nine-minute, like, conglomeration of all the Disney characters that Disney did... Oh, for the anniversary. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, that is such a cash grab. I'm deal. very tempted to dump it. It's number one right now, and like, spoiler alert: I have Disney missing an animated film, oh, so I'm, I'm like, you. maybe they'll maybe they'll only show up here. I'm thinking like, will they go for the memorabilia? But I don't know because this is usually a really like artsy crowd too. So they might be like, why would we dominate this nine minute fucking like all they're doing is putting all the characters together like. There's nothing that creative There's, about it. It's it's got the nostalgia element, but like no story, yeah. So I'm very tempted to dump it for something else, but we'll see what happens. All right. So, all right. Next, in- no, no, no. Do documentary and then go to international. Okay. Yeah. All right. Documentary feature. So I have thirty-two sounds, which is at like the bottom of the odds, but it just won the Cinema Eye award last week like one of the biggest ones and i really want to watch this because it's like literally all about sound basically mm-hmm. um it sounds really cool uh four daughters is really it's also sh- uh shortlisted for international um did really good at like i think it won the gotham for documentary it's pretty much one not to bet against right now 20 days of mariupol showing up everywhere uh, very relevant right now, so it just seems very fitting to be there. Beyond Utopia has been doing okay. I'm kind of iffy on it because it's kind of slipped in the past couple weeks, but I got it in for now and then American Symphony, the John Batiste documentary. I did Four Daughters because I love the movie Four Brothers. That's fair logic. Same by. Same by. There's, you know, there's 15 films here. Actually, I can't, no, I take that back. I hate that movie now because Mark Wahlberg's in it. Oh. But back in the day. I love Four Brothers. Well, we, we're canceling that now. Right? Anyway. What is he looking at? Um, the hard one to dump here was still a Michael J. Fox movie. Um, it's yeah. been winning basically every Critics Award, but there's little overlap between like critics who are sort of just rubber stamping a documentary because they're too lazy to actually watch them versus like the director's branch or the documentary branch who's actually like knee deep in all these and really invested so i was like i don't think we're gonna have two celebrity sort of like biopic documentaries go through and so i picked american symphony because i think has strength elsewhere as well and you didn't hear a fucking word i just said i did did. listen to all of it (laughs) i understand um do you have any thoughts on this category I, I want four daughters to win, but also there's another one that had a star. Yeah, I picked that one too. Beyond Utopia? Because the star looks fun. It's about South Korea. 
That's the good Korea. Yeah, I like South Korea. Okay. Right? Right? All right, international film. Okay. So... I have stake in this one a little bit. Only a little bit, though. A little bit. So, two no-brainers. Zone of Interest and Society of the Snow. Like, 100% getting in, no doubt. So, it's the other three that are sort of up in the air right now. Um, I have Fallen Leaves, The Taste of Things, and The Teacher's Lounge as my other three. So, number... Well, I have number five is... Um, I don't want to say that. Oh, Americazzi? Yes. Okay. Don't know why. My gut was like, go. Because I had to fill that one in. Mm -hmm. I saw this one so many other places that I was like, yeah, okay, 20 Days Marie Paul. I'll mm -hmm. throw it in. Then number three is Fallen Leaves because mm -hmm. I saw it nominated somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's at the Globes. And then number two is Society of Snow. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it was pretty visually impacting, but we saw it sort of interesting. And I was like, I mean, yeah. That was pretty impactful. Yeah, I mean, like, re realistically, Zone of Interest is winning, and it's all, and Society of the Snow will be there. It'll be about what other countries get represented here. Yeah. Um, what country is Zone of Interest? Is it Polish? UK. UK, they're going to UK. What? Oh, because the director? I think so. But yeah, it's the UK's submission. And then what's, what's Society of the Snow? Spain? Spain. Mm -hmm. Yep. And is Fallen Lee's French? Yes. No, 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 no. Sorry. Taste of Things is French. Taste of Things. Um, controversial because everyone's amazed that they didn't pick Anatomy Will Fall to be their submission. So some people are wondering if they're going to go against Taste of Things to be like, you should have had Anatomy Will Fall here, but... So Fallen Leaves was German? Fallen Leaves is... Oh, fuck. It's... Um, 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 I'm going to feel so stupid. It's... Finland. Finnish. I think it's Finland's, right? Yeah, Finland's. So, that's what we got on that. Um, yes. Next up, animated feature. So, Spider-Verse is winning. Boy and the Heron's there. Could, like, 5% upset. Why'd you put Robot up there? So, just so you know, I, when I... The ones I'm really confident about but are low in the odds, I put higher up because I'll get more points if I have... I'll get a shit ton of points if I have this at number one and it oh. gets in versus if I put it at number five. Gotcha. And vice versa. Like, Spider-Verse, I'll get similar down here because, like, everyone's going to have it at number one, so... Yeah. So you're doing you're doing odds. I'm doing my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the other three... What, did you have, what do you have, actually, is your five here? At number five is Super Mario. Okay. Because it was good and I love Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Number four is Chicken Run. Don't know the nugget. I think okay. Chicken Run is... I think stop motion is a, an amazing art form. And it's... I feel like it's on the fringe of animated. Even though it has a lot of respect, it's so hard to do. It takes so long. More than your average animation. So that's why I put it in there. Once again, I'm not going by any type of statistics. Mm -hmm. I'm going by... And then the next is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. It's a great, like, re not rebranding because Ninja Turtles has gone through so much live action, television right, shows, yeah. like, all yep. of it. This was a really good, like, teenage mutant. They were, they were kids. Yeah. And it was great. Yep. And then second one was Boy in the Heron. Yep. The first one, Spider-Man. Okay. So we've got three overlap. We have Spider-Verse, Boy in the Heron, and Ninja Turtles. I agree. I think Ninja Turtles is like a safe, solid number three. Like, it's just going to stay there, not going to go up, not going to go down. Yeah. It's shown up everywhere that it needs to. Um, Nimona? I, what, almost. That, that almost. Huge show. I think it had the most nomination at the Annie's, which are like the animated mo animated movie Oscars. Yeah. Um, did really, really fucking well. Um, and then, 
I did Robot Dreams partially because I wish is like so far gone. Like I just don't think it has. Girl, thanks. Those are my glasses. Wish it. it let, like, let me, it's, let me it's, tell you. It's disgraceful. Borderline. I haven't even seen it. And I think it's disgraceful. But. Wish. So. Did you watch it? No. Uh, pardon. No. Okay. No. No. I no. I did not spend my time trying to watch that movie. Wish. First of all, Wish's animation is very lazy, mm-hmm. and I think Disney tried to do something new, but what they didn't, they didn't realize is at the time, like, at the time when a bunch of these movies came out, so many other movies were breaking molds or trying something new successfully. What I mean by that is Disney had such an easy ride for so many years. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. That it didn't stack up. It, it looks, it doesn't look good, and there was a, I remember, and I was, I'm part of the generation where we went from... I don't even know. I don't know the formats, but we went from Princess and the Frog, which was a two D animation, mm-hmm. to Tangled, which was like that three D animation. And I remember everybody hating it, being uncomfortable. Me too, but I was—I think I was in high school when it happened. But then I realized, like, oh, animation is changing and evolving. It felt like Disney tried to do that again, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It did not work it at all. Man. And then I love Julia Michaels. I think she's a pop songwriter, not a movie writer. Um, the the people that did Frozen do they have a theater background? Yeah, because they did the well. Um, um, fuck, um, it's Lopez. I can't remember his last name though. Book of Mormon. They wrote the Book of Mormon and then and Avenue Q and Encanto was uh, then theater. No, so, no, no. Who did the music for? Uh... Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he did. He did. Okay. So the songs. All the popular, like mm-hmm. Let It Go and Infinite Unknown are in fucking sane. We don't talk about Bruno and half the other songs, like even that sister song. Anyways, the, there's a theater backgrounds, but they got a pop singer to write the songs for Wish because they wanted to be on pop charts again because they did it twice in the movie and it just didn't work. Anyway, mm-hmm. we're spending way too much time on this. Wish isn't getting in. Fuck Disney. Fuck Disney, yeah. And then I have the same thing for Elemental because Robert Lopez, that's who it is. Chris and Anderson, Robert Lopez. They're a husband and wife team. Um, yeah, I have Elemental not getting in then either because I think it was also... I, I, think, I just think Disney and Pixar need to be, like, humbled. I think it's time. Yeah. To... I think there's certain conglomerates, and actually Disney's involved in many of them, who need to realize that mass-producing content doesn't mean people are going to be interested in we it. We need a whole video about it. Like, yeah. Disney doing that to Marvel. They yeah, killed the Marvel world. what I was leaning towards. Yeah. So, I've got Spider-Verse, Boy in the Heron, Ninja Turtles, Nimona, and then i got Robot Dreams, because nice. it, it's shown up and done pretty well. Um, and... It's won a big award. It's... Well, so it's interesting. It's got the independent animation film nomination for the Annies. And what I learned that every film that wins the independent award gets nominated for the Oscar and like everyone's predicting it's going to win this independent one because there's like no competition. So seems like a safe bet. I'm going to leave it there for now. That's where we're at. And then I've got some animated movies to watch. All right. Visual facts. Okay. What have you got? So these are fun because now we're at the short list of 10. So it means we have a literal 50, 50 shot. Do you want to read these? Um, yeah, so for visual effects, we've got Guardians 3, The Creator, Poor Things, Spider-Verse, Godzilla Minus One, Society of the Snow, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Napoleon, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, and Rebel Moon. Okay, so number five, I have Society of the Snow. I've got that. Mm-hmm. I think the visual effects were not, are used far less than the other ones I have in. 
Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I personally believe if you can sustain visual effects for a whole movie and it be stellar, it beats one or two shots in a movie. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But definitely think Sidious should be nominated. Number two, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse is what Disney tried, like, Spider-Verse succeeded where Disney failed in mixing animation styles. Mm -hmm. So, tip off the hat to them. Poor Things, um, a, a lot of, like, the backgrounds and all that are just insane and so cool looking. And the moment of her running down the stairs to the poor people um, sticks in my head. Godzilla minus one, haven't seen it, but have seen enough to know that, like, it's not only stellar, but... It's now, like, one of the best Godzilla movies. Mm -hmm. And then number one for me is Guardians, because Guardians, I think, carries visual effects throughout the entire film. Okay. Almost every frame has some sort of visual effects, because it's it's surrounded by... I mean, the main storyline is Rocket's journey, Rocket's... So, yeah. That's what I did, that. Uh, that's a good list. It's pretty close to what... But that is what I have. No, no. I you have Spider-Verse inside of the creator. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I've got... Society of the Snow, Godzilla Minus One, Four Things the Creator, and Guardians 3. Um, I'm a little torn on Godzilla Minus One. It got, like, a really... It was, like, nowhere, and then all of a sudden, like, in December, it had a massive push of everyone going for its visual effects. It, like, started winning all the critics' awards. Um, I'm a little worried because it just hasn't shown up anywhere, and I don't know if the Academy... Enough of the Academy has seen it to get it in there. Um, it would be a shame because, like, it's the most passion I've heard about visual effects for a movie this year. Yeah. And apparently they had a very small budget, too, and still, like, did it with that. Watching Monarch, the TV show, um, the guys that created, the people that created it were talking about Godzilla. Yeah. And minus one, they were like, holy. I think, unfortunately, I think the hard thing with Spider-Verse is it's hard to, to differentiate what's animation versus what's visual effect. Which in it, Guardians? No, for Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. And that's me personally saying, too, like, I don't know what differentiates it. Well, I mean, yeah, I people, think that's just a hard thing for animated films. People looking at it just think that's all animated. Right. I gotcha. So, I don't know. All right, that's a good list, though. I, I know, and I might... Because, like, Indiana Jones showed up at the Visual Effects Society. Uh, Napoleon did. I, I might throw Napoleon in, because I think that's going to be one that literally just gets, like three tech categories i'm actually just going to do it now i'm going to take out godzilla against all against all passion and throw napoleon in there we'll see what happens all right on to the next. i have faith in poor things people are like i think people are so pushing against the grain of poor things being strong that they're trying to convince themselves that it won't make it in but like it's i think it's what the only best picture nominee there like well predicted best picture yeah, yeah, it's the only predicted best picture nominee here. Like, I just don't, I don't know why you would bet against it because I think, and then people are like, well, they were kind of messy, but like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like people that don't want it to be there. Right, I want to say these ones. Go ahead. Best sound. Best sound. So Oppenheimer, Maestro, Ferrari, The Zone of Interest, Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie, Napoleon, The Killer, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, The Creator. Would you mind first again? Yeah. Okay. So number five, I do have Killers of Flower Moon only because you were so passionate about it and I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not put any of the other movies on there. So it's at my number five. It's at my bottom. You have Killers of Flower Moon in here? Yeah. Okay. I remember you saying something about it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, that just filled a hole. Maestro. I don't think it was made for television. Yeah. 
But I can see where it would be spectacular in a movie theater. So I gave it number four. And then number three is Oppenheimer. Um, I'm not a big fan of Oppenheimer, but I do remember when the bomb went off. I remember being, that's the one part that sticks out of my head. The sound, it was dead silent for a while. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So. Number two, I did did do Barbie. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts about this. I did Barbie. I did Barbie because in looking, in looking back at the, the whole idea of Barbie, the movie did a really good job at intertwining a score, songs, and like, I don't want to say cartoon sounds, but like real and and fake sounds together. Yeah. And it did throughout the whole movie, but it did it in a way that didn't stick out. So, of course, it's not my number one. But I was, I, so, like, sound mixing was, like, it's, it's big strength. Yeah. Not necessarily the editing effects of yeah, sound, but, like, yeah. the mixing of sound. Yeah. Yeah. My number one's not Ferrari. No, again, that's odds balancing. Okay. But, yeah, but yeah. number one's the zone of interest. We just saw it today, and I think yeah. it uses sound. I think the rest of them... The rest of them did sound, but I think zone of interest uses sound as a character in the movie. So, yeah. I think it should be nominated in... Yeah. Possibly win. So similar, I've got the matching one zone of interest. I personally want it to win. Just based it's it's it uses that as like a character device more in like a character. Yeah, it more than any movie, the zone of interest manipulates emotion through sound. I thought they 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 made they like it is a character in the sense of you are hearing other human they're using other humans as a sound. Yeah, like it's you're it's it's making you as uneasy as if you would have been seeing the visually seeing the events happening that you were hearing, but like it does it all just through sound. So I I want that to win. Oppenheimer's probably gonna fucking win. But um so yeah I got Zona Mitchell, Oppenheimer, Maestro, The Killer, and Ferrari. The killer has shown up at let's see, sound editors, I think, right? Yeah. Um for sound editing. I feel like it's a safe bet. Um that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, so I have the killer and then Ferrari. Um, Ferrari, okay. I'm keeping in. It's vroom vroom. Oh, I you know. <laughs> I forgot Ferrari was a car. I fucking, thought it was a guy. You know, Ford v Ferrari, fucking sound of metal. It's that kind of shit. Like it's, so I'm going to keep that there. The killer, I could dump. I might end up throwing Napoleon in instead. I'm getting more and more convinced that Napoleon's just going to kind of show up in like a lot of these tech categories and nothing else. Right. Um, did they get uh, motion picture sound editors? They, uh, for dialogue, me. dialogue and sound editing. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to... Mm. Now, on to the next one. John Wick wasn't in here, by the way. It, no, it did not. John Wick didn't get any Oscar shortlist. Great use of sound in that movie. Yeah, that's a shame. Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to keep the killer there. Let's go. Um, best song... We've got 15 here. Do you want to read your five? Okay. Number five is The Color Purple Keep Moving. Okay. Great, Great song. song. Great fucking Great song. song. Number two is Rustin, Road to Freedom. Okay. Lenny Kravitz. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's for, that is why. Mm-hmm. And then Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. And I didn't want to put what I'm made for as number one, but I end, of course I ended up doing it because I do lo- I love Dance the Night. Dula Peep is like... 
one of my favorite pop stars right now. Yes. So I have to do something that's going to burst your bubble a little bit. What? They can't do all three. I know. I know. It's only me two. Yes. I know. Okay. I'm okay, still okay. putting them on there. Okay. Because honestly, I looked the rest of them and nothing else jumped out. Not one. Like, go through them. Yeah. Through them. Well, I mean, and like, we haven't seen a yes. lot of these. I know the song of Snakes and Song of War. I know that song. Is I have heard it too. Um, anyways, so I know that. But... In my it's so hard because I want I want Oscar nominee do do a leap out to be a thing. So bad. me too. I'm just Ken. I love, but it's more of a gag why I love it. So that's why if I had to pick between the two, it's Dance the Night and uh, what was I made for? And I don't like to jump on hype trains, but Cynthia Rivo said it in that interview where she was like that. Mm -hmm. it, it it really is a really like sharp. Well, yeah, and talking to... And they use it throughout the whole film. Hearing Greta Gerwig talk about it, like, she was like, I wanted this party to be a sad girl disco because it's where Barbie realizes, like... The world sucks. She wants more life. And, like, yeah. who better to write... Dua Lipa is sad girl disco. Like, she is. And she came in and, like, got the vibe and immediately was just like... I think they wrote it, like, overnight and then it was ready. Like, fucking crazy. Um... All right, so I've got I've got Road to Freedom as well. I also think this is going to be a case of a best actor paired with an original song as the only two nominations. Spoiler alert for later. Um, I got I'm just kind of what was I made for, and then I've got Flaming Hot, The Fire Inside. Um, it's the Diane Warren guarantee slot, <laughs> and. As much as I want to be like, let's upset this, I just can't make it happen. I have to listen to this song. I haven't listened to it yet. And then I have American Symphony, it never went away. I think that the entire industry is just horny for anything John Batiste does, which is why which don't he get. like overperformed at the Grammys again this year. Um, and he better underperform at this year's Grammys. Yeah, and like I have it getting in for documentary so i think this will come in as along as a song just because like the, the documentary is so music focused too yeah um would love keep it moving to get in i just don't i think the color purple is so weak unfortunately um we'll get to this in the next category i wouldn't mind the spider-verse song getting in i just don't know if it's memorable enough no not not the way the first movie's songs were um i could see a florin sun song upsetting just like because of the narrative of them writing it and everything so we'll see but yeah all right regardless the winner's gonna be one of the barbies and it's take your pick all right best score no this one's interesting we've got 20 i'll read them okay go ahead i'll be fast so best score oppenheimer killers of the flower moon poor things spider-man across the spider-verse the zone of interest indiana jones the dial of destiny the color purple the Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Barbie, Society of the Snow, Saltburn, American Fiction, The Holdovers, American Symphony. So 15. So 15. Okay, what are your five? Number five is Killer Flower Moon. Not for my opinion. I couldn't, I couldn't justify putting anybody there. And I remember you also being really hyped about Killers. So I put Killers there mm -hmm. for that reason. Everything else is from my brain. Number four is The Boy and the Heron. Haven't seen it yet. Um, but... All um, Studio Ghibli films just have impeccable and beautiful music and score. And every single movie does. Mm -hmm. Three across the universe, or Spider-Verse, across Spider-Verse, because um, it does a great job at doing pop and 
comic books music and all that so love it it's it's my vibe too number two and number one i fought number two i ended up putting poor things so interesting and quirky and and i don't want to say fun but just like i think i i hear the trailer music a lot when i think about the movie mm -hmm. which is so cool but number one i put holdovers nice okay but the holdovers because it, it when i tell you holdovers encapsulated the time of that movie yeah took place in it did it so well, and then when I scrolled past the trailer on Peacock, and it had that song, and I don't know what that song is, but like it elicited a, a reaction out of me where I was like, "That movie was pure joy, and I want to watch it again." So, number one, hold it. Mm, that has me rethinking an option here. Okay, so I've got first Oppenheimer; it's probably gonna win, um, and then I've got Killers of the Flower Moon in second. It's also a high contender. And I really did enjoy the score of that movie. Um, I thought it contributed really well. Killers. For Killers, yeah. yeah. Um, Spider-Verse, I was so enthralled with that score. I think it's my Babylon of the Year, honestly. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Where, like, the, the energy of it had me just, uh, like... Yeah. I was, like, in like it just encapsulated the entire time. Um, I've got Poor Things in there. I think it's too unique and funky, and it's the Poor Things is too strong of a best picture. Yeah. I did American Fiction as my number five. I don't remember one song playing in American Fiction. It's it's it was all that jazzy background. I don't stuff. remember. I don't literally do not remember. I I did it because everything else like Zone of Interest hasn't even been eligible at some at some awards. So like I, even though people have it in here, I don't think I don't people know. are confusing score and sound. Yes, that's the problem. And like it's it's not which also though because I'm no I'm, I'm thinking of All Quiet in the Western Front a little bit, but that had more of a legit score than this did. Um, Indiana Jones, I think just the John Williams of it all. Really hope it doesn't happen because of that. Color Purple, I was really surprised they're shortlisted because I don't I don't get when musicals are nominated for score. I get it, but like the score is not differentiated enough from the musical music for me. Yeah, Boy and the Heron, I think at one time had a lot of momentum, but I think a lot of it has kind of fallen off. Um, I think if Spider-Verse weren't here, this would be, like, the animated film to go in. Elemental, I don't think they care enough. Barbie, Animal not films. bad either, because Barbie had a pretty decent score. It, 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 it was attached too close to the song. Yes. Um, Society of the Snow had a decent score, not too memorable. Saltburn showed up at BAFTA for score, actually, I'm pretty sure. I, I, but it's interesting, because I mainly just remember the song. Yeah, anyways. again, like, I don't, so, and then I was basically, and then American Symphony... I think it's strong enough to get a song in there. I don't think the score. And then I was left with American Fiction and The Holdovers. And I'm like, okay, well, they're both, like, top picture contenders. Um, and I think I picked the wrong one. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll end up putting... Because I, I think The Holdovers... I have The Holdovers having a very good fucking day. And so in American Fiction, not having as good of a day as The Holdovers. Yeah, so I feel, like, I feel like The Holdovers makes more sense to put in than... Oh. American fiction. That's why I'm saying, like, I think the whole lover's going to overperform. I think American fiction might underperform. Okay. And so I'm going to throw the whole lover's right. Just well, to be. You're welcome. Just to be fun. It was great. I don't remember using one normal song, but I just remember transition music. Well, I mean, that's the thing. The score score isn't about, like, the, the songs. No, it's the, it's, it's, it's the music. That yeah, so it's not about those. remembering a song. It's about... I, I always tell... When somebody says, well, like, a score, well, what's the difference? I'm always like, think of Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, um, yeah. Jurassic Park. Those are ones that... Dun, 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 like, that's a score. That is, that's not a song that is made for the movies specifically. Yeah. For storytelling. And once you say that, people are like, oh, okay, I get it. We'll see. Bitch, no, okay. for real. 
Huh? Lord of the Rings had a phenomenal score. Oh, yeah. I was watching one of the movies the other day, and I was like, this shit smacked. I remember buying the CD. Actually, first of all, I remember buying the CD and thinking that the movie was on the CD because I was a poor kid. Mm-hmm. It, and it was not it was not a DVD it was a CD so I put it in the DVD player but it, it played just the songs I was like oh man but loved it you're about to watch me make a change in real time for my oh. this next category alright well let me talk uh, production design is what we're doing next okay can we go yeah let me read them oh no because this isn't a long list or short list category so literally I'm every... reading all of them <laughs> there's like I'll do it <laughs> Go. No, 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 no. Barbie, poor things. Oppenheimer, kills the final moon. Color purple. Ew, I don't like your mouse. Okay, fine. We're almost there. My number five um, for produ- production design is Saltburn. Mm-hmm. I think it did beautiful things. I think... I put it number five, though, because... Or no, maybe... I want to switch it. So I have Oppenheimer at five. Okay. And only because of... The cities they built. And what I mean by that is that place in the desert mm-hmm. was really, really cool. Because yeah. I think they built all, most of it was practical. I, all of it was, pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. Saltburn number four. I think Saltburn was fun and different. And the perfect blend of old English stuffiness with fucking Gen Z millennial pop bullshit yeah. thrown everywhere. Absolutely loved it. Zone in- Interest is number three. Like, as bleak and desperate that movie was with all of its garb and, like, but it was also just, I was immersed in everything about it. Number two is Barbie. Mm-hmm. And just because it's just, it's fucking Brilliant. beautiful. Yeah. And then number one is Poor Things only because I think I like quirky. I love a quirky movie. Yeah. And I think, I remember watching this movie and being like, her glasses look stupid and I love them. You know what I mean? Like, the outfits, the... the like the the ship looked weird as fuck. Like all yeah. of it was so yeah. fucking. It's tough. Um, Barbie's winning. I'm happy. It'll be a great win. Um, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast, but if you go to the art direct, I'll put this uh, link in the bio description. That's the description. We've done that. Um, link in the bio. Link in the description. Uh, description. If you go to the Art Directors Guild website for their nominations for this year, oh, yeah. everyone who's nominated has to submit a literal PowerPoint of their work for the production design, basically. It's one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen. Yeah. They have to do, like, a full... They tell... They, like, present it in different ways and, like, tell the story. And Barbie's is pristine. Like, by far the best. So cool. And, like, they literally, like, tell the story of Barbie as they're... It's, it's just... It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, but it's so fun. They have it for TV, too. I highly recommend looking at the Yellow Jackets one. Because it's the cabin in the snow. And it's, like, just insane. Um... Yellow Jacket's not coming back until 20. You saw that too? 25. Uh, I literally just saw that like half an hour ago. I was going to show it to you. I'm fucking mad. I'm so mad because they're already losing momentum. Yeah. And not for fans. I'm talking about just like being respected in the critics world. They're already losing momentum. It's very euphoria. Euphoria does not need to come back. I'm cool if that dies. But yeah. Yellow, Yellow Jacket's better hang on. Um. So Barbie's number one. They're going to win. They've won. I don't. I think poor things. Let's see actually. Because I have. We should talk about my spreadsheet a little bit, because I literally have it fucking spelled out. So Barbie has won 17 production design awards, and then Poor Things has won one. Um, I will do a whole video about your spreadsheet if you want to. It could be fun. But yeah, so Barbie's winning. Poor Things, it's so hard because 
like you said, with poor things, like that all came out of someone's brain. It it's two people with different ideas, and they they. That's why I wanted to win. It's two different designers with different ideas, and the director's like, "Great, make them both happen together." Yeah, and you could just tell it's quirky and fucking bizarre, but yeah. in a beautiful way. And everything's so detailed. If you watch, like her bedding has animals in it. Like, oh, I've so seen hard. videos where like the. Emma Stone talks about when they showed her Bella's bedroom for the first time, and it was just like... Yeah, so, I yeah. definitely think it should win. Yeah. Um, so, P- Barbie Poor Things, easily in there. Um, the others are a bit of a toss-up, so I do have the zone of interest. It really hasn't shown up anywhere, but I think that's just the fact of, like, the guilds haven't been going for the zone of interest in, like, any categories yeah. for the most part, so it- that's okay. I think it'll be fine. I think it's just the passion that the Academy's gonna have for that movie I think we'll just push it over and like it's it is amazing it really is there's so many there's so many parts of that production design that are just um truly spectacular so um let's see I have Saltburn as well um it's shown up like for contemporary the hard thing too is like oftentimes in a lot of these tech categories things that are contemporary don't show up as much at the Oscars. So, like, Barbie is, like, in sci-fi fantasy for a lot of this. And then, like, Poor Things. It's weird. They have Poor Things for period at set decorators. But then they have in sci-fi fantasy for Art Directors Guild. Interesting. Um, but, like, Saltburn's a contemporary. It showed up at set de- decorators and Art Directors Guild. So, I do think it can get there. Good. Um, mostly because I have... I need Saltburn Mostly because I... Uh, well... I don't think Saltburn could only show up here, which is why I have it in a couple of oh, spots. Oh, so do I. But I mean, once we get there, mine's about heart, not about. Mine's about Mine's. legitimacy, and I think it like it really good. good. So maybe we have them in the same because I have it and here. Then, and then I have Oppenheimer just because I think it's it's gonna be the most nominated film of the day, and it's gonna show up. And I'm also personally about balancing it, right? So <laughs> as a, if I need to hype up crazy fantasy fun, I want to hype up realist production designs that really mm-hmm. put me in and I think Oppenheimer and Zone, Zone of Interest did that. Um, Killers of a Flower Moon did not show, it showed up at set decorators but it did not show up at Art Directors Guild. Um, I they, don't, I they, don't, I do, I think Killers of Flower Moon is going to underperform a little bit and so I don't think it's going to make it here. Well, I think what Killers didn't do that Zone and um, Oppenheimer did was use wide shots where we got to see everything. True. A lot of the shots from Killers were with the characters. That's very, that's so valid. Yeah, you didn't get to see a lot of the, the set. Um, and then other ones, Asteroid City, a lot of people are trying oh, to make happen. I mean, it's gorgeous, but like, I just don't know with how strong this year is if that's going to be able to pop in as the only nominee for its film. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Sulfur and Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Barbie Zone of Interest. We have the same. Wait, we have the same. We do have the same. We do have the same. We do have the same. Oh my god. Look at us. Look at us. Alright, makeup and hair. Okay. Um, I do have the... There's only ten. Do you want to read them? Yes! Maestro. Poor Things. Oppenheimer. Golda. Society of the Snow. Killers of the Flower Moon. The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Right? Mm-hmm. Napoleon. Bo is Afraid. Ferrari. Now I have to ask you a question. The Last Voyage. Is that the vampire movie? Yes. Okay, my number four was that one. Because looking at this list, there is no respect to, like, creature makeup, which I think is a great... No, and that's why people are like, Guardians isn't on there. Which was a weird... Everyone was, like, gagged that Guardians missed. I love... Because I'm a big fan of Face Off, but, like, I... When you look at... What is it? 
makeup and hairstyle. When you look at makeup and hairstyling, you have to look at everything, right? So monsters and aliens, all that. But then beauty makeup and, and period piece makeup. And then along with wounds and so all that. So, but you have to be no, able no, no. to look at all that and give, yeah. it, give it all equal because if, yeah. you, if you put you know, Mrs. Doubtfire next to um, Olivia Blunt's character, everybody's going to pick Mrs. Doubtfire and Oppenheimer um, because it's the more complex, technically, right? Well, and yes. And so, with that being said, I'm just saying I want to, I want to, I want to spread the love a little bit too. No, and I, I agree with you. I think what what happens at with this guild is that okay, um, they love transformations. But they only enjoy transformation when they can still get a smidge of seeing who the actor is playing that role. That's what they love. Stupid. Like, you know, fucking the whale one last year. Yeah, stupid. You know, and stupid. it often ties in with, like, with an actor or actress winning as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it's weird because, like, they go for, like, prosthetic makeup, but not, they tend to disrespect, like, the ones that take you to a non-human form. And which is why, like, Guardians has been here before, and I think one, so it's weird that Guardians didn't show up. But, like, and they also disrespect horror a lot, because... Which loves me. Yeah, but, I mean, the Oscars disrespects horror in every way, shape, and form. Horror and comedy. So, yeah, for that reason, I'm going with four... Oh, wait. I didn't do all mine. Okay, sorry, yeah, go ahead. So you got you got Demeter. I'm, yeah, monster makeup. Yep. I'm, I'm, and I didn't get to see it, I do I do want to watch it, but, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some type of gore. Makeup done, what have you? Dead bodies. Mm -hmm. Number three is poor things, mm -hmm. and it's all not what because five. There's only four. There's only four. Oh, there should be five. That's weird. That's so weird. Why did you just have that? I don't know. Oh my god, are they only going to nominate four? <laughs> That's so weird, though. Was that there, should be, there should be five. That's did so not, weird. Did I just not do. Five? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You might. Yeah, maybe you didn't drag a fifth one over. I think I did. Or maybe I ignored them. Let me see. It's a long list. You know, no. that's only ten. You're seeing oh. nine of them right here. I honestly, it's str I struggle to find anything else. So keep your four, babe. Four, yeah, poor things. I think William Defoe's prosthetics, but I also think just like a movie that's not in a period, that's in a period, but not in mm -hmm. a period. And then I remember mm -hmm. the um, the person that led the whorehouse. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catherine Hunter. That too. None of those tattoos were hers. Um, so gave it to that. Number two, Society of the Snow. Seeing some of like the blood capillaries, the eyes, how the lips looked, and all that, yeah, like, was pretty gnarly, yeah, and really, really good. But number one was Maestro, and not for any other reason, but because of what they did with Carrie. Mm -hmm. I hated how Bradley Cooper looked, mm -hmm. but Carrie, it was such a subtle transformation, yeah. And she wore some prosthesis probably as she got older, but you couldn't tell, you could fully tell, yeah. Bradley was. All over the prosthetics. Yeah. So. Okay. And I'm, I'm old age is very hard to do as somebody who did makeup for a while in high school. <laughs> so, yeah. so I went um, for the makeup guilds, makeup and hair guilds. Um, I went for four of the five. I forget. I think the fifth that didn't make it in the shortlist was Guardians. So the four that overlap are Maestro, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Golda. They just make the most sense. Cool. And then I also, and then I also have Society of the Snow because the frostbite, the everything about it, like just makes so much sense. Um, Ferrari, I think is too, it's just not strong enough. And I think like too contemporary, uh, Bo's afraid. I just, I think they're not going to go for it. Napoleon, 
Could maybe again if they just kind of do a tech sweep, but I don't think it's strong enough to do that many, and I don't think the makeup is its highest. Are we doing quality of? We're running a long time. Are we doing? Should we just talk about what we're putting on the list and then everything else? No, we'll be fine. Okay, right, we'll be fine. Anyway, and then Coast of Fire Moon could maybe, but again, I I think Killers is going to end up underperforming. So, yeah, Sight and Snow, Golda, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Maestro. Those are my five. I'm sticking to it. Okay, next. All right. Film, actually I'm going to do costume design. Stay with the tech ones. We're doing costume? Yes. All right, number five for me was Guardians. Nice, okay. It's such a, you know, diverse, just that Marvel Universe in general, but like it is just, I mean, Black Panther won this one. Yep, they so, did, they did. I think Guardians is on the same level when it comes to what they put on the actor's skin as well as like on their bodies. And number four, I have the color purple. I'm a sucker for a movie musical, but I also like, it's a time period and it, I think it reflected it really well. It did it, it, it immersed me. Saltburn, it was the same reason as I gave them uh, production design is because of the, the melding of like old English to Gen Z millennial style. Mm -hmm. Thought it did really well. Number two, number one were a battle, but I gave it one number two to poor things. They have really cool costumes. So mm -hmm. we are but they're time period, but not time period. I thought that was great, but I just think like Barbie mm -hmm. was number one. Yeah. It was just a Barbie explosion, but it yeah. all made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so I've got Barbie at number one. Pretty sure it's gonna win. Um I got poor things in there at number two, could be an upset. I'm Napoleon. Um it a lot of these I went off of the costume guilds as well. Um, there's a big push for Napoleon. Probably costumes is like its biggest push because they had like over ten thousand costumes that they made for the movie. Um, it's period. It's 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 it's, it's fashion. royal. It's royal. You know, it's, it's fashion. You got that? Yes, I did get that. Um, so I do think Napoleon's in there. Oppenheimer. I think it did show up for the costume guilds, and I think it's um, going to just get picked up as part of the nomination sweep it does and then I have Saltburn in there okay I think it's the only contemporary one that'll get in and that's a that's a stretch too because I've got other stuff like Flower Moon did Flower Moon show up with the guilds it did I have Flower Moon's out I have Maestro out I have did Wonka make it Wonka did not make it um but I got Napole or I got Maestro out kills the Flower Moon out and Saltburn in instead Color Purple I've out the guilds collectively Production design, costume, hair and makeup. Actually, it did get a hairstyling nomination, but it has missed like basically all the guilds, no bueno. And so I think it's it's below the line stuff is pretty dead at this point, unfortunately. So, all right, what's next? All right, all right. Um, next we've got film editing. Okay, number five, Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I don't want I didn't want to put anything else. There. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't like most of the movies. I didn't, of course, most of the. We did see some of these though. Uh huh. Um, but we're talking about an epic. Killers was not going on my list. Um, so if I was gonna pick one of the epics, Oppenheimer Killers, it was Oppenheimer for me. Okay. Now four up are number four. All the strangers. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. The way they used light. The way they used. Um, but the club scene and fading and going, um, there was like a horror sector. I remember the tube scene was really jarring. Some of that editing, loved it. Three is the holdovers. 
Mm-hmm. Really good. Great storytelling. It's such simple editing, but mm-hmm. it's so efficient. Number two and number three. Number two is Poor Things. Mm-hmm. Just It's just great editing. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it uses large scale and how it's, how it... Um, what it, it's I keep I keep seeing that I don't know, it's like the fade outs and ends. Oh, okay. How mm-hmm. they would change scene that was really cool. Number one is Anatomy of Fall. Mm-hmm. And the editing in that movie. This Anatomy of Fall I love so much because everything was working at a hundred. So acting, sound, camera, editing, all of it was working on. Am I boring you? No. <laughs> We're working on all pistons, mm-hmm. so yeah, great, yeah, yeah. So I've got Oppenheimer probably going to win. It's won pretty much every critics editing award and Critics Choice and Globe doesn't have editing. Is there something else? No, but it'll probably win BAFTA too. Um, Anatomy of a Fall does have two editing wins. Killers of the Flower Moon has three editing wins, but Oppenheimer's 13, and then Zone of Interest has one. So I've got Oppenheimer, Kills of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, The Holdovers, and Anatomy of a Fall. So we have four out of five matching. Which one do we You just have all the strangers to the Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. I do think it'll get in there. I think people are still going to, like, respect that a three and a half hour movie was edited to decency. Um, no, a... Uh, it was not edited at all just three <laughs> fucking hours. Um, but I also think, like, realistically, this could be, like, the top five of the best picture ten. These, these, these Yeah, five. based on, yeah, yeah. Um, not if I had something to say. Yeah, but I agree, like, Anatomy, I think is going to be, like, an underdog editing, like, champion a little bit. It's so good. It was so Holdovers, good. Holdovers, um... It's not winning, but it's so effective. If you it's so effective, it. and I think, like I said, I think Holder is going to have a really good day, and I think it's going to get the editing nom to solidify that. Excuse me, that it's a top five, if not a top three, best picture contender. Hello, um, Maestro, not. No, I feel like the editing. I mean, maybe just because there are some editing moments I love. I think cohesively, I don't like. I like bits of the editing more than I like it as a cohesive whole. Um, and then also, I just don't think that's where it's really been showing up. Okay. What sucks is we get the cinema, uh, the Editor's Guild nominations in two days after the Oscar nominations. Oh. So we don't have that to help us out. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Right. All right, next up we got cinematography. Do we do costumes? Yes. Okay. Okay, we go? Yeah. I did number five Maestro because mm-hmm. there are there are multiple scenes that are severely impactful and oh I didn't go ahead keep talking I need to update this well I also want you to hear me I'll, I'll listen it's not gonna take long I'll listen um we gotta edit what do you have to edit um I gotta put zone of interest in here oh um there was such striking imagery from that cinematography that I think worked really well um but I also think they took so many risks that didn't pay off but so that's why it's number five. Number four is The Holdovers. Once again, put me in that, the time frame that it was set in really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Mm-hmm. Um, number three was Zone of Interest. Not bad. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Um, 
the zone of interest because of just how they use the color, how they use light, how they use camera frames for extended periods of time. Yeah. Um, you can you can banter with what I'm saying. It seems like you 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 let me say it and then you just dive into all your knowledge. Uh, well, so I was gonna say like with zone of interest, like I think the angles of like that I was so like my brain was tickled by like how many angles they focused on yeah like they always had like an a like a, a, a an intersection point of an angle whether it was like the corner of the house the corner of a fence like yeah a lot of corners center framed in zone of interest yeah. and it, it tickled me a lot yeah no i mean zone of interest is like it's sound and cinematography that like fuck with your emotions the most in that movie so those are the biggest pushes for the because like we talked about the characters were not first of all they're not supposed to be super likable but they're also right. it's also their their devices um, should we do, like, your number five, my number five? We can. Keep going through yours right now, but we'll, we'll change it up going forward. Okay. So number two is Saltburn. Yeah. I think Saltburn did beautiful, beautiful things. I think Saltburn, Saltburn, all, all cinematography, I think all directors think of every frame possible. I don't think any of them don't look at a frame. But I think Emerald did so many things when it came to, like, foreshadowing and references and how everything was sit how everything was sitting in a frame yeah so it deserves that nomination number one was poor things okay which is so fun to watch so beautiful to watch the fucking lenses that they use on the cameras mm -hmm. the, how they followed characters it was just impeccable yeah um so yeah i just did some change-ups here do we match now do we no fuck oppenheimer i did holdovers okay. Oh, holdovers. Okay. Um, I would love for the holdovers to get in here. They got a random uh, cinematography nomination somewhere. I forget where. But um, yeah, Oppenheimer is also probably going to win this one, unfortunately. Um, just I say unfortunately because I, I definitely don't remember the cinematography being like my favorite. Ferrari had some love. Cozy Flyerman had some love. Oppenheimer had like all of it. And Poor Things had some. So yeah, like. I've got Poor Things, Zone of Interest, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Saltburn. Um, this is hard because I took out two of the Cinematographers Guild nominees, which Who were El Conde and Kozo Flower Moon. El Conde was like a one-off that, from, Net I think, Netflix, that um, the Guild went for. I don't know if it'll show up here, like, with the lone nominees, so I did just take it out to put Saltburn in, but it's tough. Tough. I don't know if I should be doubting on Kills with Flower Moon, but I'm st I'm kind of just relying on it to underperform a little bit. And I feel mm. like this is another spot where it could miss. Good. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what did BAFTAs have for cinematography? Well, I'm looking at this. Killers, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. Okay. So we'll see, bitch. We'll see, bitch. Oh, God. And oh, I do have Maestro in here. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to keep these for right now because I really like them. Okay, original screenplay. Want me to go first? Why do you want to do it? I don't want to do it where I'm list, just listing it and then... Maybe we should. I don't know. Maybe do it. Let me go. And then tell me any differences you have. Well, okay. So I have Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, Salt Burn, The Holdovers, and Maestro. And by the way, these are all like what you're following trends. Yes. These are all like almost pretty much... For the most part, I had to kind of pick and choose a little bit because... Once Barbie left this category, it left a fifth slot 
that was just like whoever the hungriest top is can come get it and it's like a race between may december salt burn or may december salt burn and air i would say are are like rushing for that fifth slot because i think it bumped maestro in as an automatic and then opened up that fifth for got you okay because barbie yeah well number five i do have the boy and the heron oh okay um I haven't seen it yet, but I put so much stock in Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mizaki, like, they do some, in some stellar writing. Yeah. Number four, I do have past lives. Not personally seeing it, but you're raving about it. Yeah. About the director and about the the, the writing. Um, made me put it there. Number three was The Holdovers. I think one of the biggest definitions of original and just... I was talking about it today. I was like, The Holdovers is, I think, solely, like, the most original film of the year. Already, yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, uh, it literally is, like, you yeah. can't get more original than that. So, number two, I have Saltburn. Because it's so fucking crazy mm-hmm. that it only had to come out of one person's fucked up mind in the best way possible. Also, like, Emerald Fennell knows how to write a fucking one-liner. Like, some of the one-liner quips in this movie are so fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, especially with Rosman. Like, yeah. So. And with, uh, with, a uh, poor, poor, poor... What's Carrie Moore? Pamela? Pamela, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. She's only for attention. Yeah, so Saltburn's there, but number one was Anatomy of Fall. Yeah. Um, the Golden Globe situation did help yep. me pick that. Yeah. But also just... It's multiple languages. It's so fast paced. It still is able to keep you in the know at all times. That I thought it's almost it's almost untouchable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I kind of don't want. Oh yeah. So I yeah I said the five I have. I don't want my show to be here, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's just going to be here. Yeah. Which oh by the way, on my on hold on on my list. Has, and I did this on purpose. On my list has nothing to do with anything that's a public figure. So if we go back to them really quick. Mm-hmm. So, um, May, December is based on a situation. Oh, have, I see, have, what, I see what you're saying. Maestro like, kind of could or should be adapted. Maestro is a person. Yeah. There's a, there's a life to write his, like literally image, copy and paste. Air is real people. Rustin is real people. So I couldn't. Iron Claw, all real people. Those are not original. Those are yeah. adapted and just in a different way. So they, yeah, that's totally. why that's why none of them got on my list. Okay. Fair point. Yeah. Alright, adapted screenplay. So I've got Who's winning? I've got Barbie American Pic Barbie American mm-hmm. Fiction, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest, and Oppenheimer, with notably Killers of the Flower Moon being snubbed. Whoa. Who's who took out Killers of the Flower Moon? Zone of Interest. For you, or you think in, in both? I love it. it happened at BAFTA. Kind of love it though. I do too, because I wonder if people will realize that the storytelling of Coast of the Flower Moon was the best. Is awful and one dimensional. It's one dimensional. Um, it's about two just, different I groups of people. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I have a weird gut feeling that Coast of the Flower Moon is going to really underperform. Good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at with it, with my five. Okay, so, <laughs> my five, at number five, was American Fiction. It wasn't my favorite movie of the year, but really well-crafted film mm-hmm. in its entirety. Number four was Zone of Interest. Um, you told me today that it was, I didn't realize it was adapted until you told yeah. me today, and I was like, oh, that, that, it, it did such simple work. 
and, and did it really seamlessly. Number three is Barbie. I'm just mad Barbie went from original to adapted. Yeah. So I'm putting her, I'm putting in there out of spite because there's a couple others that could push out Barbie technically. Number two is Poor Things. Um, I think it did a great movie, but number one is All the Strangers. Um, oh, nice. Okay, I was I was debating between All of Us Strangers and Zone of Interest being the one to take out Killers of Flower. I was movie. watching that Andrew Garfield interview where he interviewed the director Claire Foy and Andrew, mm -hmm. the director, kind of talking about like creating it was like he wanted to put on he wanted to put on film exactly how his brain was feeling reading the material. Oh, and I think I, that's so cool. I think it elicits such a dip. I'm somebody who doesn't feel too not a bit, not a weird way. What I mean is like I have a I could I tend to see a movie for a movie. I never really get too lost because I'm looking mm -hmm. at lighting, I'm looking at costumes. I'm never really like fully hundred hundred percent tapped into the. Does that make sense? Yes. But that movie really fucked me, made me think of the mm -hmm. world differently. So it, it did it more than the other film, and I think that's. Made sense when he said, I want other people to get in my brain. Because I was reacting in a way I don't normally react. Respect. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it should be number one. Okay. We'll see what happens here. This is going to be a really fun category. And if that's true, I'm, how many points would I get? A lot? A lot. A lot, a lot. A lot. Um, and then I think that this becomes a race between Barbie, American Fiction, and Four Things. Really? American Fiction? That, that one kind of blows my mind, but I, it, get, I get it at the same time. Um, all right, here we go. Jumping into acting categories, we got supporting actor. So my this is the real quick. This is the one where I was like, I don't care about most of these people. Really? And no, 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 not with like. No, hold on. No, no, no. I, my list would be full of people that like Charles Milton and Dominic. Even though yeah, there's other ones I want to win over them, but I would put all of them in a category. But then I was looking at who's most likely going to win and be nominated. I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't fucking care about this. Robert Downey. Robert De Niro, even Ryan Gosling, who I love. It's just not a fun category. Yeah, I think it can be, it's going I, to be. I think it can be fun. It could be, but it's not going to be. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, because Robert Downey Jr. is probably going to win no matter what, so it yeah. doesn't really matter who gets in. Great. Um, so right now, I have. I feel insane just saying this. I have Ryan Gosling, Dominic Sessa, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, and Downey. You think Dominic's going to get in? Yeah, again, I said, I think, I think the holdover is going to have a really good fucking day. I love it. And I think Killers of Flower Moon is going to have a, a rough day. Okay. I'm loving that. So that's where I'm at. I've got both Poor Things guys making it in, even though they've had a really weird road to here so far with Mark missing, missing SAG, with both of them missing BAFTA. Um, so, I mean, like, Downey Jr. and Gosling are the only two safe ones, honestly. Yeah. Um, De Niro's the most safe too, but again, I, I just have a weird gut feeling. Um, Charles Melton, I don't know. I think I think he's gone. I don't know if he's got enough passion and support to bring him in. And I think I right, I haven't made December's not getting anything. Um, I think Sterling K. Brown could show up, but I also don't think American Fiction is going to perform well enough in acting. In, in just in general, okay. I think they'd have to like really overperform for Sterling to make it in. Yeah. And I just don't think it's like when I was talking about scoring stuff. I just don't. I don't know if they're gonna do it. Gotcha. So, um, so my number five is Coleman. Nice. I mean, go for color purple because I think when I think of um, uh, Seely, when I think of Fantasia's character, mm -hmm. her character building is literally based on every other character around her. Mm -hmm. And that well, I think that's the beauty of, beauty of her character. She's learning things based on how people how she interacts with people. So I think that character's biggest um, 
evolution happens because of Coleman's character. So for that lead to succeed, that supporting needed to succeed. I yeah, he, I thought he's I thought he succeeded really, he really fan, well. Yeah, he was fantastic. I would love for him to get in. I have two I have both poor things, William and Mark, I think they <coughs> did incredible work. Mm-hmm. And especially Mark, but I love Willem's character because of the idea of his love change, who made Bella who she was, and it's such an understated character choice. Yeah. And it's not really, because he makes another Bella, essentially, but has no heart. Remember, he was like, I got too close to the last one. Yeah. And that one never progressed. Mm-hmm. And I think that went under the radar. And if you look back and watch the movie with the idea that his love created, was one of the main reasons he made Bella Bella, it changes how he acts in every scene. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. cool. And then Mark, because he was fucking hysterical. Fucking hysterical. I'll be really disappointed if Mark doesn't make it in. Went toe-to-toe with Emma. Yeah. And then number two, I have Paul Mescal for All the Strangers. Nice. That final scene destroyed me. Every scene prior wasn't big because he was a plot device more than he was like a love interest. But then when you get to like him going back to the home and everything happens after that, it's like carve my heart out like Paul is not only like really nice to look at just really really such a silent actor yeah in the most devastating way and the number one's Ryan because I want Ken to win something yeah because he lost Barbie (laughs) (laughs) but also because it, it was great it was so funny Ryan gave everything to that role yeah he literally was he literally gave Greta such a gift and being like I'll do whatever you want and you see all the improv all the bloopers that they did like he, uh-huh. he really worked yeah and made such a one dimensional character because I think that's the biggest thing about Ken's arc in um, the movies is that like Ken was always the plus one of Barbie mm-hmm. and for you to give me the plus one of Barbie his whole character was him wanting to be a Barbie to being a toxic man to then <laughs> not even having a full arc just Realizing that he has stuff, he has stuff to work on. It was so cool. Yeah, so cool. So yeah, give it to Ryan. Yeah. All right. Supporting actress. So my five, I've got Davon Joy Randolph, who is winning. Um, Emily Blunt, Danielle Brooks, Sandra Hewler for the Zone of Interest, and Rosamund Pike for Saltburn. Did I put her in line? I'm curious to know yours. Okay. So you think you don't think Jodie Foster is getting in? Uh, I'm torn. I kind of want to put her in instead of Sandra. But you're hoping for that double nomination. Kind of. I also... I'm not... It's not that I'm hoping. It's that I think she'll do it. I think she's going to just have such an elevated year. Like, I think she's low-key the most successful actress of this fucking year. Yeah, and... my and, like, they're both Best Picture nominees. Yeah. Like, it just makes sense. And, like, I've heard a lot of arguments that she's not a big enough star to do it, but, like, Scarlett Johansson did it on her first Oscar nominations. Like, her first time she was a double nominee. Yeah. And both films, Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story and Best Picture. So, like... Okay, yeah. I, I just I just think it, it could make too much sense for it to not happen. That makes more sense than... Um, yeah, I got you. And she got the BAFTA nomination, so I think that... I think, she, I think she has a boost from that. Okay. Who do you have? Oh. Sorry. Number five, I have Julianne Moore. Okay. I think only one, I love Julianne, but I think I love a immersed actor 
that changes how that how they hold their eyes, how they hold their mouth. And I love an actor that imitates somebody, you know, somebody's representing somebody else that, mm-hmm. that does exist. And I thought she did a really, really fucking great job, especially yeah. that scene of, of her gaslighting Charles Melton's character. Uh-huh. was a really spectacular acting masterclass. Number four is Danielle Brooks. I think just did an amazing job of the ray of emotions throughout that whole film. And I Powerhouse, keep, yeah. And I keep going back to the jail scene and leading into that dinner scene where I was like, yeah. I'm, or even prior to that, like the fight scene, the, the, like yeah. that whole... Yeah, I'm so irritated because I'm hearing some people talk about how there a lot of people are dropping Danielle Brooks and thinking she's going to get snubbed. I just think it's so weird because she has literally shown up everywhere. And people are like, well, I don't think she's a strong enough actress to like... They think she, she's going to be the Color Purple only nominee. And they're like, I don't think she's strong enough as an actress in, the, in Hollywood to show up as a lone nominee without a Best Picture writing behind you. No, and I'm like, I mean, I get what you're saying, but like, I think this performance makes her that person because her performance was that fucking good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think she's going to be the only nominee for this movie. So. Right. Number two. Well, I'll say number one does not the shock is Davine. Like, uh-huh. I, I love, I love the holdovers. She, her and who I was number two broke my heart in different ways and put it back together because it's lovely. Number two, I have Claire Foy for All the Strangers. Mm. I have a hard on for All the Strangers. I think it's a movie that really is so smart and doesn't give a fuck and really makes people feel things. And Claire's character was so fucking flawed, but so real. Mm-hmm. And the whole scene that, like, and maybe as a queer person, I'm a little biased. That whole scene where he kind of comes out to her was also just, like, so jarring. But she did it. So well, it was, and I'm really just shocked that it's not in conversations as much. No, I think unfortunately it's. I I think it's not going to get anything on Tuesday morning, which is a bummer. But which is why it's my heart. And and plus, it's a phenomenal movie. And Mm -hmm. the fact that we even talk about Emily Blunt, who had a great one scene and then was here there, it it makes no sense. Yeah. Trying to see, cause so this fucking category, man. So I mean, Davine, Emily, and oh, Dave. I skipped Rosamund Pike at number three. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, do you really not have Rosamund? I have Rosamund Pike number three okay. because I love a one-liner, but I also love somebody who can. You can tell that her character is so calculated in everything she does. And that scene of after that death when they're at the dinner table is also just like. She's just so she's iconic in this movie, and I think it's a situation where she doesn't need Barry to make it in in order for her to make it in. Yeah. Um. But again, everything kind of revolves around Saltburn doing okay, as in getting like supporting actress, production design, costume, and adapted or or in screenplay. Yeah. Which I think is like a very fair package. Um. All right. So, what was I going to say? Yeah, I Okay, so Dave, Dave, Emily, and Danielle are, like, locked and loaded. This four and five is a fucking toss-up. Because, I mean, you've got Jodie Foster, who has shown up everywhere. Except for BAFTA. She did not get the BAFTA nomination, but she got Critics' Choice, Globe, and SAG. Um, Sorry. I was like, say you. Sorry. Um, and then you've got Julianne Moore, who quote-unquote, is a strong enough actress to be the only nominee for your movie. Yeah, Oscar and, loves to... Uh, and half the time, Oscars love to nominate an yeah. actress, not a character. They're like, oh, I love Meryl. 
Yeah. I love And you. I think Julianne Moore fits that status. Well, I love that. Judy Dench. Yeah. Like, she was on the screen for a minute. Yeah. Even though I think that helps people in lead actress more than supporting, so I don't know if it'll help Julianne here. Um, and then a lot of people are gunning for Penelope Cruz only because of the SAG nomination. I don't know if it matters, honestly. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then, like, America Ferrara, people are kind of banking on, but if she didn't get SAG, I just don't think it's going to happen. So, all right, let's go. Best actor. Um... Plain and simple, I got SAG five: Coleman Domingo, Jeffrey Wright, Bradley Cooper, Paul Giamatti, Killian Murphy. I went rogue because yeah, I, I do not it. think Maestro, Oppenheimer, and Killers are that good of a movie to be nominated in all the places it is. So essentially, most of the time, those three movies are out of my list. Yeah. Most of the time, yeah. So it opens up a lot of others. I've got Leo out. Um, number five, I have Barry. Nice. Uh, I do think he's kind of like a, a an awards darling, but I also just think like he's such a different take, and I he played a psychopath really really well. He did it in Killing the Sacred Deer as well, but as a kid to see him as an adult, and he went he went for this role too, mm-hmm. like went in. Yeah, totally. He, he bared everything, no pun intended. Number yeah. two, number four, number four is Jeffrey Wright. Uh, because he's my favorite thing about American Fiction. Well, mm-hmm. one of my only favorite things. I think he's a really, just a really good actor and knows how to deliver a fucking line. Three, Coleman Domingo, because, like I said about May, December, he disappeared into the character. He was not Coleman Domingo. He was Rustin. The way he talked, the way he held himself, how he stood, and all that. Best actor. Um, my number... Two? Two is Andrew Scott. Mm-hmm. He ripped my fucking heart out and stood on it and spit on it and... He like, I'm so irritated. That that's not even a talk. Yeah, it it is. I mean, he's in seventh in the odds right now. He's he's close. He's close. It's so, but it's so fucking annoying that there's other ones above it. Yeah, it's a great film, and, and he just did such a great job. I mean, my number one is Paul. Yeah. First of all, I want to give comedy anything I could possibly give him, but Paul was so fucking good in this movie. So good, like. I, there's moments where like characters are actors are meant to play characters. He was meant to play this. Nobody could play this character. Yeah, yeah. The number one's Paul. All right. Yeah. I mean, people are pretty confident that Killian, Paul, Bradley, and Jeffrey are locked and loaded. Done. Um, I can see Bradley missing if they decide they don't like Maestro. But with how much Bafta fucking loved Maestro, I just think it's gonna. He's he's in. Um, he should get it because all the lung cancer he has after that movie. <laughs> Um, and then it's really that fifth slot that people are like, is it Coleman? Is it Leo? Is it Andrew Scott? And with Andrew Scott missing the BAFTA fucking wild, which it might not be that important because it could have been like a weird, like he wasn't in the top three for the regular pick, but then missed the jury too, which whatever. But yeah, I think, I think this is the safest like SAG five that's going to just transfer over. All right. Best actress. So I've got Sandra Hewler. Lily Gladstone, Emma Stone, Fantasia Marino, and Greta Lee. And I am so unconfident about this, but I'm just going to go with it. No. No? <sighs> Fuck. You need to take Greta out if you're doing the critics. I know, but Past Lives is so good. I don't know how. I, I'm not saying it's I bad. I'm saying the don't... credits suck. And the, and the, and the award show sucks. But... I know. Oh my God, I'm so tempted to take Lily out. I'm gonna just fucking do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. This list just looks really fucked up without Carrie Mulligan there. Um, 
All right, so go ahead. What do you got? What you got? All right, so I've now got Sandra Hewler, Fantasia Barino, Greta Lee, Carrie Mulligan, and Emma Stone. Who's winning? <laughs> I mean, with Lily gone, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Okay. Um, I, I, I feel insane, but I don't... No, Lily's in. Lily's in. Lily's in. If, if she's, she's probably, like, the biggest passion vote of that movie. Greta, you're out. I'm sorry. I love you. Because I have to keep Fantasia. I can't lose her. All right. I'm going to die on that hill. Okay. Well, well, and that means also not having Margot Robbie here, but I don't think that's a weird snub. Well, on the plus <gasps> side, I have her number five, Fantasia. I would love to see her there. I thought she was the one of the best parts of the film. And why I gave Coleman the supporting is because her character, I, if I didn't give it to him, I could give it to her because right. her character flourished because of that one, mainly that one, that main one struggle. Number four, I have Carrie. Mm-hmm. I hated my show. Absolutely couldn't stay in the movie. But I think Carrie does insane. You gotta stop about your nails, please. Yeah, You're stressing yeah. me out. Um, does insane things in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I did give Margot because I think I'm, I think everybody's cheapening Barbie and the way they shuffled, adapted an original. Still was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, number two, I have Sandra Holler, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't be mad if she does sneak one, but I do want Emma Stone to win. Lily should not be in this fucking category. Yeah, she when, we go, be, when we go through all these movies, I'm like, it just, it's like more and more egregious how much she shouldn't be here. Not based on acting, put her in supporting. She would have won. If she stayed where everyone thought she was going to be, in, she would have won. In your list, and even in this list, the short list, they're all leading their films, but her. She's yeah. not. She's a supporting character. Yeah. So it, it, I can't. I can't remotely put her in there. Her acting is phenomenal, but just comparatively, it doesn't. Sorry. Yeah, it just doesn't. So I want Emma. Emma's winning. Yeah. And so here's the thing you have to think about too: is that these are ranked like powered votings. So like a reason why I have Margot Robbie out is because I don't think she's going to be anybody's number one so I don't think she's going to pick up those number one boosts to put her in I think mm-hmm. she's going to be like a lot of four or five for a lot of people Okay. Um, but like someone like Emma Stone is going to have a shit ton of number ones Sandra Hewler is going to have a shit ton of number ones Carrie Mulligan's going to have like a lot of number one number twos Lily's probably going to have a lot of number ones I think Fantasia could even have a lot of number ones um, oh, yeah I know what you're saying you know so mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Greta's definitely out because I don't think she has nearly enough number ones. Deserves it, but once again, this is weird politics. I didn't see Past Lives and I should have watched. We're going to watch it. All right, here we go. Best director. This is wild. So I've got... I'm making a change right now. Are you regretting it? I'm just not excited... I'm so worried this is going to be an all-men's category, and I'm, I'm very scared. Okay, I have, in my five, Alexander Payne for The Holdovers, Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest, Justin Trier for Anatomy of a Fall, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, and Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. Okay. That's not bad. No. But I have Greta out. Well, here's what I, I didn't like. do. Put in... Killers of Fire Moon or Oppenheimer, so that leaves it wide the fuck open for right. my fun things. Number five, I do have Greta. I think Greta built such a, a insane movie that was everybody thought was going to be kitschy and end up being one of the most like heart wrenching movies of the season. Mm-hmm. Four, I do have Andrew for all the strangers. 
Yeah. Everybody on my list did something to elicit emotions out of me that I wasn't expecting. I wasn't sitting in a history class. I wasn't sitting in a weird depiction of what one man thinks is really cool to look at. And only he thinks it's cool. And just because he thinks it's cool, the vast majority of people got to be like, wow, this is an amazing director. It, you, your shots are not as good as you think they are. Half of them are way too long. You're way too pretentious for me. So a lot of mine is Greta, Andrew, illicit emotions, past what I was ready to deal with. Number three is Alexander Payne. I think he did phenomenal things for the holdovers. It's going to be one of my staples. We're going to watch it every year for the rest of our lives. Number two is Nabu Fall, just team. Like, how could you not? The movie is almost flawless. Mm -hmm. There's no misses at all throughout that whole movie. And number one is Poor Things. Because I love the movie so much. Yeah. Fuck, this category stresses me out. And, I, and um, Past Lives, which I didn't even see, was almost there. Because I know what I know what she did to audiences. And it's her life that's basically in the movie. So, like, oh my God. you can't tell me that the list I just gave you, which are people that took original and or adapted ideas and created stories that pushed you to feel and made you... Um, think about things, think about humanity, think about how we literally holdovers, poor things, Barbie, all the strangers. It was my last one. And then before we're all depictions of the human experience in different ways. Yeah. But literally Killers of Flower Moon and Oppenheimer were, were history classes that were not that fun to watch. And I don't want to say fun, just not enticing enough to participate that's my that was that's my soapbox. Yeah, and why they're not remotely in my list. They're going to be in the list, and Oppenheimer's winning, unfortunately. Oppenheimer is winning. Um, fuck. God, I don't know what to do. I put Greta back in. I took Justine out. Um, so the DGA five were Payne, Lanthimos, Gerwig, Nolan, and Scorsese. I have Martin. I have Scorsese out. He missed the BAFTA. I think, like I said, I think Killer's going to have a weirdly off day. And I think this is another spot where it's vulnerable. I hope at least, because like I, like you said, there are movies here that the direction stands out so much that I don't want Scorsese getting in just because he's fucking Martin Scorsese. Like Yorgos needs to be here. Greta needs to be here. Like they created these worlds out of like imagination. Um, no one's gonna be there, so like whatever. Glazer needs to be there because the Zone of Interest is like the most director movie I've seen this year. Yeah, because like, that was also a history club, but it, it wasn't. It felt like the camera was a character, the sound's a character. Yeah, yeah so. it's just so much risk taking behind every move. And then Alexander Payne for the holdovers, I just think, like, again, it's gonna, I think it's gonna do really, really well. So, is this is <sighs> this a two hour video. No, we're at like an hour. Oh, yeah. Well, we're on the last one. We're so on you tell one. us what what we're going to get, yep. and then we'll do our... So, simply put, I have this, the PGA 10. Which are? So, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, Barbie, The Holdovers, American Fiction, Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, and The Zone of Interest. That's our PGA 10, and I do think it's going to copy. If anything, I feel... Like the color purple could somehow knock out Maestro... But that's what I've got as, but I, I, I think the PGA 10 is going to copy paste. Okay. So, and I it, doesn't, it doesn't match my, it doesn't match my 
preferred list either. It's so. not. So oh, wait, can I see mine quick though? Because I think I'm gonna change it. I have to switch something. Well, so that's like what, like you said. Oh no, okay. That's the fine. list, the critics, and how it's skewed. Yep. We wrote down movies that have we've enjoyed through the season and want to give the credit. And like, if we were if we were the choices to make best films, is what they would be. Yeah. Want to go through the ones that we copy first? Well, how much? I think we have five or six. So one, two, three, four. Yeah. Uh, five. Six. Oh, I do want to switch it to to that one. This one? Yeah. Even though you didn't see After it? After I learned about the director. Okay. So we have like six or seven. Okay. So our seven that we have are Poor Things. Which is great. I mean, it's a movie about the human psyche and mm-hmm. development. Society's weird. Do you, to, uh-huh. do you want to talk about why we loved them? Let's just go through them. Aww. Let's put them in. Okay. Poor Things. Yeah. The Holdovers. Yeah. Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. Barbie. Yeah. Past Lives. Yeah. Saltburn. Of course. And The Color Purple. Yes. Those are our seven overlapping best ten. Yeah. So you have. So my other three, I have American Fiction, uh, American Fiction, American Fiction, Killers of the Flower Moon, and Zone of Interest. Fuck Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, you really think it was that good of a movie? I'm debating. I'm gonna keep it there for now. Okay. We don't. None of us have Oppenheimer. I was ready when, when I thought when I didn't think I had Zone of Interest there. I was ready to take it out for that. So. Um. So other than that, I have. Uh, Joyride. Mm-hmm. Comedy's never respected, and that was one of the funniest comedies. No Hard Very Feelings is close, but I just think that Joyride was just, uh, it struck gold. It was mm-hmm. so good. Um, Joyride, Spider-Verse, because yep. they also don't respect animated movies half the time. Um, Spider-Verse, and then, that's it. Oh, All the Strangers. Actually, it's my number, it is my number one. And you it, know what, actually, I'm going to swap Coes of Flower Moon out for All the Strangers. Great, a fucking amazing yeah. film. Like, it. I, we need to talk about the movie itself so I can get all the thoughts out. Yeah. Just... Oppenheimer does not be on here just because one white male with a limited view on how to use a camera, it has a name behind it. It's so fucking frustrating because yeah. it, it didn't. It's oh. I, I can't. It's just I'm so irritated at award shows copy and pasting. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of one movie because it's so hyped up, sweeping so many categories. What I mean by that is Oppenheimer does some amazing things. But I think it does a couple of amazing things. Whereas in other other spaces, I think other movies could win over, but because it has hype, mm-hmm. it wins. So it just frustrates the piss out of me. So annoying. Yeah, 100%. That's why I don't have it there either. So those are our predictions. Um, we'll be back Tuesday to talk about how we did Uncle Derby. Yeah, we also gotta talk about the awards we didn't talk about. We'll do that quick video. Yeah. We will. We yes. Have to. Yes. And then we gotta talk about the other movies we saw. Yes. So, yeah. Lots to do. Yes. But we'll have time once once Oscar nominations come out. We'll have lots of time between yeah. now and then. It's tomorrow, so, right? Monday. Tuesday. 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 Yeah, yeah. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you in a couple days.